You are listening to the Embrace the Mud podcast, where we discuss all things related to healthy, joyful, and life-giving relationships. Why focus on relationships? Because the quality of our intimate partnerships and close connections influences our health, happiness, and longevity more than anything else in our lives. Relationships matter a lot. So together, let's jump into the mud, aka our messy relationships, pull some weeds, plant some seeds, and create an enriching environment where strong relationships can take root. I am your grateful host, Dara Posner. I am a recovering relational disaster working toward relational mastery. I am a certified positive psychology coach and relationship mindset coach at Mud Coaching. I work with teens and adults from all over the world, and I am ecstatic to get to talk to you about the one thing that lights my fire more than anything else in life, and that is learning how to create healthy, joyful, life-giving relationships that we all desire to have. So let's dive in. Today on the Embrace the Mud podcast, we are talking about healing broken relationships, how to determine if a relationship can be improved or not, and what you can do to heal a broken relationship that you don't want to give up on. You might be someone who's wondering, can we fix this? Is it possible? Or are we too far gone? Is it just too late? If you're struggling in a relationship and find yourself wondering if it's possible to turn things around, I hope to share some insights, thoughts, and ideas in this episode that will help you get some perspective. So I'll just come out of the gate and say, I believe that almost any broken relationship between two basically decent people who truly care about each other and want to heal their relationship can be healed. The potential is there to heal no matter what has happened between you, if that is what you're committed to. Yes, I am an optimist when it comes to healing relationships. And it's not blind faith, you guys. I believe this because of my own experience of restoring a severely broken relationship and because I know of many stories of people who were in catastrophic relational dynamics who managed to repair, rebuild, and reconnect despite how utterly messed up things had gotten between them. But I don't think the potential for restoration is always there. For instance, in cases where the relationship never stood a chance to begin with. A few examples that come to mind are relationships where people who are fundamentally incompatible but still got into a relationship with each other. They may like each other a lot, they may have fun together, they may get along well, and they don't want the same kind of relationship. Or they want completely different things from life. Examples of this dynamic are where one person ultimately wants to get married and have a family and the other person has no intentions of getting married or having any children. Or one person is devoted to the idea of monogamy and the partner prefers an open relationship. Emotionally one-sided relationships are another example where one person, for them, it's very serious. They have found the love of their life. And for the other, it's not that serious. For them, this is Mr. or Miss right now. Or relationships where there are unaddressed substance use disorders, mental health issues, or personality disorders. Keyword here being unaddressed and there being no indication that there's a willingness or plan to seek treatment. In these and other similar cases, no matter how much you like each other and wish things could work out, 
it's simply not a fit or the conditions needed for a thriving relationship are non-existent with no reason to believe that that will change. But how about in relationships where the deal breakers I just mentioned are not an issue? You do want the same kind of relationship and the same things from life and the love is mutual between you. But you find that you argue a lot. There's a lot of tension between you. Maybe even some hostility. Things get loud and aggressive. Doors slam. Someone's raising their voice or storming out or driving off in a rage. You feel like you're always accused of being or needing too much. Or you're accused of not being enough or doing enough. Or the opposite is true. There's no fire of any kind. Things just feel kind of flat. They used to be different. There was spice, some chemistry, some energy flowing. But now... It's feeling stagnant and dull. You don't fight, you just coexist. You're more like roommates than a couple, and that's not what you want. Or maybe it's somewhere in between. There's love, there's passion, you enjoy life together, but also you talk about the relationship and you seem to be reaching understandings, but then nothing comes of it. Maybe it's that you express a need, but it goes unmet. Or you share a frustration and it seems like it was heard, But was it? Like, where's the follow-through? On the surface, there are issues. Communication issues, personality issues, issues around differences. One person wants to spend more time together than the other. One wants to be more social with friends than their partner does. One wants more sex, and on and on. Love language issues arise. There are issues around lifestyle differences, household chores, child-rearing. Couples face all kinds of issues that give way to conflict between them. This is true for every couple. Happy couples, kind of happy couples, miserable couples. But hear this. Having issues in your relationship is not the problem. That is inevitable. Two different people with two different backgrounds, upbringings, personalities, preferences, temperaments, brains, and all of that are going to have conflict no matter what. My husband and I have had our share of conflict in the seven plus years that we've been together. We have faced many issues and continue to experience conflict. And in our relationship, we have a before and an after. And the one constant is conflict. So what did change? Before, we both struggled with low emotional intelligence. I think it's fair to say that we were both pretty emotionally immature when we met. Before, we were ignorant about how a healthy relationship functions and how to make one happen. We hadn't learned a model for constructing a strong and secure relationship. Before, we lacked critical relational skills like listening, emotional regulation, bargaining, and repairing after conflict, among others. So the root issues we faced, the ones that caused us to struggle and suffer when these other typical relational issues arose were... Immaturity, meaning we hadn't yet grown into people who could understand and manage themselves or each other well emotionally. Ignorance, meaning we lacked proper education about secure functioning relationships and how to create them. And we also just generally had bad ideas and beliefs about relationships. And lack of skill, meaning we hadn't learned how to communicate well, self and co-regulate, bargain with each other, or repair adequately after an argument. So with this foundation of these root issues, the environment that we created between us was quite toxic. If you imagine the relationship as an ecosystem, let's say it's a garden. 
The foundation or the soil needs to be able to produce healthy plants and crops and therefore would need to be rich and nourishing. It would have to be an environment conducive to growth and sustaining life. Our quote-unquote soil wasn't nourishing. It wasn't life-giving and here's why. Being ignorant meant that we focused on being heard rather than listening. We were consumed with getting our own needs met rather than thinking about what was best for us as a unit. We showed love to each other in the ways we each wanted to be loved rather than paying attention to what each other's love languages were. When we felt hurt, we assumed the worst about each other and withheld love and affection as punishment. We'd criticize, blame, shame, judge, stonewall, and get defensive with each other. Being immature meant that we'd blame each other for our triggers, see each other as enemies, and be harsh and reactive to each other. We also had a low tolerance for each other's difficult emotions. Our wounded inner children were running the show in our relationship rather than our wise adult selves because we hadn't become aware and learned to master ourselves in these ways. Being unskilled meant that we would talk to be heard and listen to respond rather than to hear and understand. We would fight for our own way rather than looking for a mutually satisfying solution. We couldn't self-soothe or soothe one another when we were in distress We would argue and fight and then go off into our own separate corners to recover and then just move forward without coming back together to fully repair and really reconnect afterward, which meant nothing felt truly resolved between us. We had created a hostile environment where nobody felt safe when common sources of conflict arose, like when someone got triggered or forgot to take out the trash or had an unmet need of some kind. We would default into the behaviors I just described, which caused all sorts of walls to go up between us. This was an environment where nobody could grow or thrive or flourish personally or relationally. Both of us were either in fight or flight mode most of the time. And people in an activated state operating in survival mode are not going to be capable of thinking relationally. Someone in survival mode, because they don't feel safe, And that becomes their sole focus. And that person is going to be very self-centered and self-absorbed in the quest for finding a sense of security um, through getting their own needs met. So something obviously had to give. But what was it? As I talked about in episode two, the first step is always awareness. And after that, it's education. Because I am a learner and I wanted to figure out what was happening and why. I mean, I was aware that something wasn't working. So I began seeking out answers to why things felt so turbulent between us and what I could do about it. Through my research, I came to realize how I was contributing to creating this hostile environment that was choking the life and love out of my relationship. And I learned what I could do to change that. Also in the last episode, I shared three assessment tools that I personally used to gain self-awareness around my relational mindset and behavior. So I won't repeat them here. But by using those tools for learning about myself and what was going on with me and why I was showing up like I had been, it enabled me to take responsibility for my part in our dynamic and our patterns and to stop blaming my partner and believing that our issues were because he was somehow inadequate. I had to start by acknowledging that I wasn't being an adequate partner through much of my own attitudes and behaviors toward him and us. The first big lesson I learned was that I needed to do my part in creating a loving, emotionally safe environment in which I and he could grow and expand and express the best of who each of us is. 
The second big lesson I learned was that I needed to let go completely of trying to change him and to focus solely on growing in my own capacity to love and to appreciate him for who he was. When it comes to determining if a relationship is salvageable or not, I have found that it has far less to do with what's happening between you than it does with what's happening inside of you, particularly inside your mind, because what's happening inside of you is creating what's happening between you. What thoughts arise in your mind when your partner, say, forgets to unload the dishwasher, when they are late for dinner with your parents, or when they come home from work in a grumpy mood and are short with you? Do you automatically begin judging them? Do you see these choices as proof that they don't actually care about you or your relationship? Do you take their behavior personally and then either criticize them or distance yourself from them? Or are you more likely to make a positive assumption, thinking that maybe they have a lot on their mind or they're stressed out at work? Or you simply get curious about what it could be, just wondering, hmm, I wonder what's going on with them. Or maybe you just acknowledge to yourself that, you know what, hey, we all forget things sometimes or we get in a bad mood or, you know, we all run late and you don't dwell on it. You leave room for error and mood swings and those types of human experiences and you can let it go. You can have two people experiencing the same circumstance in a relationship, say a partner forgetting to do a chore that they said they do and have totally different interpretations of the meaning behind what's happening. And that interpretation will lead to very different behaviors. One person may choose to show curiosity and compassion and have a deeply connecting conversation that brings them and their partner closer together. Another may make a cutting remark that offends their partner and causes them to storm out and shut off their phone, leaving them both feeling victimized and disconnected. As I talked about in episode two, what happened to you in the past will influence how you see things and behave in the present. So it's important to be aware of what happened and how that impacted you so that you can understand your current thoughts and reactions and to couple that with an understanding of what it takes to produce a safe, life-giving environment between you and your partner. This way, if your automatic tendency is out of alignment with creating safety and security, you can choose to respond differently. It's in little moments and interactions within the relationship that we create that sense of safety and develop a culture of peace, harmony, fairness, and cooperation in the relationship. When we habitually engage in criticism, sarcasm, judgment, blame, control, or passive aggressiveness, we create the opposite, an environment of anxiety, tension, resentment, bitterness, loneliness, and even fear. A foundation like this one, in which mutual respect and trust erode over time, is highly unlikely to lead to a thriving relationship or be at all sustainable. So the takeaway here is, to heal a broken relationship, you need to focus on the environment in which it is trying to grow. Is it an environment conducive to growth in life because of its nurturing elements like appreciation, kindness, patience, and curiosity? Or is it an environment that is starved of vital nutrients because it's saturated with relational pollutants like criticism, judgment, control, or blame? Most broken relationships between two good people who truly care about one another and want their relationship to thrive can heal by tending to the environment that they have created. If that is you, you may need to cultivate new soil and give your relationship a changed environment, which leads to a changed relationship. If just one partner takes the initiative and begins uprooting their own relational weeds and plants new seeds, big changes can occur. 
Because relationships are systems, one partner putting more goodness and grace into the relationship will influence the other person's reactions and behaviors. While we cannot control or change anyone else, we can influence how they show up by being intentional in the way we show up. Curiosity and kindness evoke far better responses from other people than judgment and harshness do. If you don't believe me, give it a try and see. At the end of the day, I believe most broken relationships can heal and be even better than either partner ever thought possible. What it's ultimately going to come down to is the capacity that each partner has for swallowing their pride and owning their own part of the dysfunction. To stop pointing the finger and instead keep the focus on how they themselves can grow into a better, more patient and loving partner and to commit to consistently practicing new ways of being even when it's hard. Through intentionally cultivating a new environment that is loaded with nourishing elements like kindness, gentleness, patience, curiosity, and generosity, a healthy, joyful, life-giving relationship can grow and flourish. I often tell my clients in my coaching sessions, you'll never know just how well someone can love you until you love them well. So if you are wondering, can we fix this? Is it possible? Or are we too far gone? Is it just too late? That depends. Are you willing to examine the quality of the environment between you and your partner and to accept responsibility for your own contribution to its unhealthiness? Are you willing to do your part in creating a life-giving environment by growing in your own capacity for love and appreciation? Are you willing to be patient and consistent in order to give the growth of a new kind of relationship between you the chance to spring forth and blossom? If you answered yes to the questions I just asked, I believe you have a real reason to hope and be optimistic that your relationship can heal. And not only that, but that if you both eventually commit to creating something new and learning from what you've been through, you can experience something better than you ever thought possible. When I began telling my husband back before we were married that I realized how hurtful some of my behaviors were and how sorry I was, and then showing up differently in hard moments, You could see so much of the tension just lift out of the room, and there was a detectable softening in him and between us. Being seen for how my criticisms and anger impacted him and talking through what we needed to do differently to protect each other from our own woundedness was in and of itself transformational. It made it possible for us to cultivate a mutual habit of being quick to apologize and make amends when we fall back into old patterns of reactivity, or if we criticize, shut down, or get defensive with each other, which all still happens sometimes. I've noticed that something magical happens when two people realize that what they have in each other is someone that is willing to fight for the relationship and who values them and what they have together enough to stop blaming, punishing, or threatening, and instead to take a hard look in the mirror and do the difficult and humbling work to make changes within themselves for the benefit of the relationship. Being and feeling valued is the true impetus for relational transformation. In broken relationships, it's usually true that neither partner feels valued. One needs to go first to to change that. Will it be you? I hope so. Okay, you guys, that's all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll see you back here next week on the Embrace the Mud podcast. In the meantime, please remember, you are wired for love and connection. You are worthy of love and connection. You are capable of love and connection.